Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. Can we give God a hand clap of praise for the praise and worship team? Thank God for your obedience and ushering in the spirit of the Lord. I have the great distinct privilege to introduce our speaker for this hour. Um, One of the reasons that he's ministering this morning is because it's my wife's birthday. Can we say happy birthday, Serena? So I set this up in such a way and I said, Serena, I I didn't think he was going to come to church. (laughs) So I asked Minister Dominique to prepare, but um, God doesn't do anything by coincidence. I believe this is by God's providence that he has prepared himself and the Lord has prepared him to deliver a word unto his people. So I ask you that you prepare your hearts. Let us have spirits to hear um, what the spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. So at this time, if we can receive our very own Minister Dominique Kilpatrick. Can you do me a favor? Look to a couple people and tell them that you're glad to see them. Amen. may have your seats. I believe one of the most underrated blessings is making it back to your home every day. Um, I think we say to our spouse, love you, see you when you get back, never even thinking or knowing if we'll make it back to our homes. And so that's why I wanted you all to say that I'm happy to see you. It's, It's a blessing to be in the land of the living on this morning. Amen. I want to take a few moments before I jump right into uh, my sermon. I want to thank Pastor Keith for entrusting me, for giving me this opportunity to stand in a pulpit and preach to your people. So I want to say thank you for that. I want to say happy belated birthday to Minister Chantel. Minister Chantel. Minister Chantel and her family are always blessing my family. They're always saying, hey, we were thinking about you. We put this to the side. Uh, We want to give you this. And we just want to say from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you and your family for always thinking about us. It's it's good to be thought about sometimes. Amen. And then I also want to give a happy birthday to my sister. I know she she just stepped back in. But um, she's like a second mom to me. She's always looking out for me. She's the first one to tell me when... One of the first ones to tell me when I've messed up, even to this day. And so I want to say happy birthday to my sister. And I love you, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Last and certainly not least, I want to thank my wife. Um, Day in and day out, she holds the house down. It is the reason why I can work endless hours to do what I need to do because of her sacrifice every day. And every single day she put me and the boys before her. 
And I want to say that I love you and I thank you for doing that. It's the reason that I can continue to traverse, continue to put one step in front of the other. So uh, I want to say from the bottom of my heart, I love you and I thank you for that. If we can stand to our feet for the reading of the word. My foundational text is going to come from Matthew chapter 12, verse 37, and it should be on your screens. We're going to visit verses uh, 31 through 37, but for my foundational text, it's going to come from 37. 37 says, for by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. Let us go to God in prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, may the meditation of my heart. In the words of my mouth, be pleasing to you, God. Let not your people hear my voice, but hear your word on today. I ask that you allow their hearts to be uh, punctured with your word today, Lord. Allow this word to be rooted in their hearts. Don't allow them to turn their ears off from the truth on this morning, God. Help your people on this morning, I ask. And it's in your son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may have your seats. A study that was conducted at the University of Arizona revealed that the number of words the average person speaks is 16,000 words. Uh, clearly, I don't believe they had my five-year-old in this study because I think just this morning he spoke 16,000 words on the way to church. But think about that. 16,000 words in a day you speak. Those 16,000 words you speak each day are your imprint on the world. They dictate how people perceive you and largely how they define you. When it comes to everything God has created, only humans have the ability to communicate through spoken word. The most monumental events in world history were either through words themselves or actions which were produced by words. The Declaration of Independence, the Gettysburg Address, the Sermon on the Mount, the Ten Commandments, Wars which were preceded by declaration of war. Even those who are unable to speak have words to see, and those who are blind have words to feel. From sign language for the deaf to braille for the blind, humanity is marked by words and by speech. Humanity exists in the realm of words. The first command from God recorded in the Bible was, let there be light. By his speech, the whole world was created. Speech is the first divine attribute we read of God. And because we are created in his image, we must understand that the power to use words is a unique and power, powerful gift from God. Words are tools that can make life better, but any tool can be misused. Your words can be used as a tool of instruction or as a weapon of mass destruction. We are reminded many times throughout the Bible that we are to govern our speech. Ephesians 4 and 29 says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Proverbs 13 and 3 says, those who speak rashly will come to ruin. Proverbs 17 and 28 says, even fools are thought wise if they keep silent. Words are so important that we are going to have to give an account for those words when we stand before God on judgment day. The words we say now will reflect our fate. 
we will either be justified or condemned. For the time that is mine, I want to teach from the subject of what you say matters. What you say matters. I know black lives matter. I know fetus lives matter. I know your life matter. But I want to express on this morning that what you say matters. If you grew up in a house, if you grew up in a family like mine, you grew up with family that just said what they wanted to say, never regarding anybody else's feelings, never regarding how anybody else felt. If you grew up in a household like mine, words didn't really matter. They just said what they wanted to say. But I want to stress to you on this morning that what you say matters. And when you stand before God on judgment day, you will have to give an account for those words. Amen. You may be a nurse, you may be a school teacher, you may be an entrepreneur, but when your expiration date comes, when your time on this earth is over and you have to stand before God, you will be a pro se. You see, a pro se is somebody who pretends to be a lawyer and represent and choose to represent, uh, represent themselves in the court of law. On judgment day, you won't have a choice. You will represent yourself. You will be a pro se. You will have to give an account for every idle word you have spoken. By your words, you will either be justified or condemned. What you say matters. So to answer the question why, my first point is idle words will be accounted for. The passage before us today comes as a result of idle words. The Pharisees use in a way to bring shame to Jesus' name in his image. The word idle means careless, foolish, or pointless. The Pharisees saw the miracle of the demon-possessed man being healed on the Sabbath and told the crowd that Jesus does his mighty words before by the, uh, does his mighty words by the power of Satan. Now I want you to take note. The Pharisees were a Jewish group who were the epitome of law-abiding citizens. They were holy men who pursued purity who kept the law and wanted nothing more than to live lives that pleased God. However, they were self-righteous, hypocritical, and believed they were pleasing God because they kept the law. In the Mosaic law, one of the commandments is to keep the Sabbath day holy, which means the Jews were not supposed to work on Saturdays. They witnessed Jesus walking through the grain field with uh, the disciples and as they were plucking and eating heads of, of grain. The Pharisees are watching Jesus work on the Sabbath. Almost immediately after that, Jesus heals a man with a withered hand. And then not long after that, drives us to our text this morning. He heals the demon-possessed man. So now the Pharisees are hot. They come out of their mouth sideways and try to create a false narrative. Never realizing that they weren't hurting Jesus, but that they were hurting the Holy Spirit. Never realizing that they were not hurting Jesus, but that they had sinned against the Holy Spirit. Some of us have acted just like the Pharisees. Holier than thou. Quick to point the finger and run to tell the world when we believe or hear that someone has messed up. Where I'm from, we call it all in the Kool-Aid and don't know the flavor. We jump on the phone real quick. We make subliminal Facebook posts and have the nerve to put a scripture on the end of the post. Never realizing we are cancerous to the body of Christ. Never realizing we are carrying a deadly weapon inside of our mouths. Never realizing that we are the issue. 
Or maybe you do realize how out of control your mouth is. Giving excuses like it's, it's in my blood. My mama, my daddy, my granddaddy, and my grandma just says what comes to mind. I can't help it. I'm just keeping it real. I'm just keeping it 100. No, you are keeping it carnal. And until you learn how to safeguard your mouth, your life will always seem like you are living in hell. You don't believe me, do you? James 3 and 6 says, the tongue also is a fire. A world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Turn to your neighbor and say, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 23, verses 1 through 3. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to the disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. Some words of wisdom I want to drop off to you this morning is practicing what you preach is a necessity. If your actions don't match up with the beliefs that come out of your mouth, then you are either lying to yourself, lying to the world, or ultimately lying to God. Sometimes we are good at telling other people what they should do and how they should live, but we fail to follow our own instructions. Now, if we are to understand today's passage, we must see something. The Pharisees' words didn't sentence them to hell. The words exposed a person who was already bound for hell. In verses 31 and 32, Jesus tells the Pharisees that their speech against the Holy Spirit would never be forgiven. This is one of the the sins that you commit, uh, that one can commit that God would never forgive. It's sinning against the Holy Spirit. I want you guys to understand that. This blind and speechless man is instantly able to see and speak. And instead of the Pharisees giving credit what credit was due, they gave credit to Satan. If you were to turn over to the gospel of Mark's account of the same event in Mark 3 and 30, you will find that the Pharisees Pharisees said Jesus had an unclean spirit. Nobody asked the Pharisees for their two cents. But remember, they've been following Jesus and have been watching him work on the Sabbath. They addressed him each time and each time Jesus puts them in their place. And so now they have an audience. They wait for the right moment or the wrong moment, depending on how you look at it, and said the demon-possessed man was healed by the greatest evil, Satan himself. Isaiah said like this in uh, Isaiah 5, chapter, or chapter 5, verse 20 and 21. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Some words of wisdom I want to drop off again is that humanity has always been skilled at confusing evil with good. That was Adam and Eve's problem, and it's our problem today. If evil was not made to appear good, there would be no such thing as temptation. It is in their close similarity that the danger lies. I read a quote that said, A wrong deed is right if the majority of people declare it not to be wrong. Somebody say, whoa. 
When something brings profit or pleasure to us, we are inclined to call it good. Even when we know it is dead wrong. Because of our fallen nature, we are prone to be short-sighted and forgetful. Often we don't see the long-term effects of our choices or we forget the consequences of choices we've made before. The Pharisees had sinned against the Holy Spirit when they verbally acknowledged that the undeniable good work of the Holy Spirit was a work of Satan. They had hardened their hearts against the Holy Spirit who was trying to get them to understand the true meaning and power of God's word. Some questions I want you to consider this morning. What has the Holy Spirit prompted you to do and you refuse to do it? What life event has caused you to harden your heart? What careless, foolish, or pointless words have you spoke recently? The crowds who observed this healing were amazed because never was anything like this seen in Israel. Jesus was the Messiah who came to bring restoration and make everything new. Not only did he claim to be the Messiah, he showed it. The Pharisees were not feeling that. What a tragedy to live a devoted life copying the word of God, yet have hearts so hardened you can't even receive God's grace when it arrives in the person of Jesus. What a tragedy. Their hearts got so hard that they went from overseeing Jesus' ministry to condemning him to death. Matthew 15 and 8 says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. My second point is, most words will reveal what's in our hearts. Most words will reveal what's in our hearts. In verses 33 through 35, Jesus was disappointed with the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. He said in 33, either make the tree good and the fruit good, make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Verse 35 says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. It's a simple principle. You know a person by their words. Uh, my father-in-law, if anybody has met my father-in-law, uh, you can't escape his presence without talking something about the Bible or him making some type of Christian reference. It's almost impossible. I'll tell my wife, you might as well get ready because my, my father-in-law is going to talk about scripture. He's going to talk about the Bible. Rest assured that. But the reason he does that, that's what he's saturated with. He does that day in and day out. You'll know a person by their words. Listen to a person conversation long enough and you'll know what's in their hearts. You'll know if they want money, if they want a car, if they want more Jesus, you'll know what they want. Just sit and listen and you'll see what's in somebody's heart. Amen. If their heart is good, the words from their mouth will be generally good. If their heart is bad, the words from their mouth will be bad. The root of the problem is within us. The words we speak show what's in our hearts. Let's take a look at what Elihu said in Job 32 and 17. He said, I also will answer my part. I too will declare my opinion for I am full of words. The spirit within me compels me. Indeed, my belly is like wine that has no vent. It is ready to burst like new wine skins. I will speak that I may find relief. In other words, I have to get relief. In other words, I have to get relief. And the only way I can get relief from what is spilling all over the place in my heart 
It's to open my mouth and let it out. That is why the praise and worship team continues to stand before us Sunday after Sunday, telling us, open your mouth. There has to be, God has been too good for you not to be able to put something on the fruit of your lips. This is what the praise and worship team is trying to get us to understand. But the truth of the matter is, you can't use what you don't have. So I challenge you to make sure that we rest on the word of God throughout the week. Don't just wait on Sunday. Amen. Amen. We can fake the phone all we want, but sooner or later when stress rears its head, when anger rears its head, when when the pressures of life pays us a visit, we'll reveal what's inside of our hearts. In verse 35, the word treasure means a reservoir, storehouse, chamber or box. Every man's heart is a storehouse. And what is stored there will spill out through the mouth. That is why it's difficult to control the tongue, because our hearts are corrupt. And when the source of our speech is a corrupt heart, the tongue is always bound for evil. That is why sinning against the Holy Spirit is so bad, because it indicates a heart that hates the Spirit. Solomon instructed us in Proverbs 4 and 23. Watch over your mouth, watch over your heart with all diligence. From, for, from um, I'm sorry, watch over your heart with all diligence. For from it flows the springs of life. Matthew 15 and 18 says, Jesus says that the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. And those defile the man. To deal with your speech, you must first deal with your heart. To deal with your heart, you have to deal with your thoughts. Every day you will be infiltrated with thoughts that come into your mind. Some of those will be good ones. Some of those will be bad ones. There may be thoughts of something that you have against another person. There may be thoughts of sexual sin. There may be thoughts of desiring for more money, a bigger house, a better car, or a better job. As thoughts come into your mind, you have to sort them out. You may be saying, yeah, that sounds good, but there is no stopping the evil thoughts. There is no stopping those thoughts of wanting to cut somebody out because they tried me. I say, sort your thoughts out. Amen. Especially, um, I, I, I'm saying that, but for me, I even struggle with sorting out my thoughts, especially when it comes to protecting Bree, Julian, and Jaden. In the heat of the moment, I ain't thinking about no thoughts. It's all actions. But I, I urge you on this morning to, if you can think about your actions before the, the, the event actually happens, it'll help you on your response to what is going on. Amen? In the heat of the moment, I said, there's no thought, there's only actions. But may I offer a piece of advice to you? Yeah, you may not be able to stop a thief from entering your house, but you can shut the blinds, you can lock the door, you can set the alarm to make your house less vulnerable. The Bible calls this putting on the full armor of God. Some of y'all may be holier than thou to get this reference, but do y'all remember going to nightclubs? You would stand in the line, and when you get up there, there's a bouncer or two, and uh, they pat search you. They make sure that you got on the right uh, attire, because if you did not meet the standards, you were not getting in. They also have bouncers on the inside of the club, that if you got out of line, then you're going to get kicked out. Do anybody remember that on this morning? We need bouncers posted on the outside of our minds. We need them posted saying, what's up, fornication? Nah, they good. They marriage good. Keep it moving. What's up, doubt? 
Now they're uh, wonderfully made kick rocks. What's up, suicide? Now their hope is in the Lord. Find you some business elsewhere. We need some bouncers posted up outside of our minds. Tell your, tell your neighbor, safeguard your thoughts. Safeguard your thoughts. Jesus was astonished at the words of the Pharisees. He knew of their wicked and evil hearts. He knew this because he knew their thoughts. He knew this because he observed the Pharisees and how they acted and what they did. They spoke good things, but they were hypocrites. On the inside, they were corrupt and defiled and worthless. On the outside, they put on a front like they were pure and holy, especially in the synagogues. People in the church are good at this. We learn how to speak in tongues. We learn how to run around the church. We learn how to have seasoned prayers. But our hearts are harboring wickedness. Some, que- some questions I want you to, uh, to consider this morning. If you wrote everything down today and decided tomorrow how to respond, how many of your words will remain? By our thoughts alone, how many times have we sinned? My third point is all words will be judged on judgment day. All words will be judged on judgment day. Jesus said, but I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. What a shocking statement. You stand before God and he pulls out a transcript of every careless word you have ever said. I know for me that transcript will be extensive. God will have volumes of material just for me. Imagine standing there and God is reading through everything. Then he pronounces a judgment based on your words. What a scary thought that is to be standing there. I want, I want to urge you this morning to stop attending concerts of artists who lyrics are contrary to the word of God. And there we are singing our hearts out, echoing their words and hindering our spirits. I want to urge you on this morning to stop attending comedy clubs of comedians who jokes are nothing but idle talk. We're sitting there laughing and echoing the jokes and justified it to ourselves saying laughter is good for the soul. We need to make sure that the words we speak please God. We all stumble. We all mess up. But we need to do a better job controlling our mouth. You can be in church seven days a week. You can tie your whole check. You can teach Bible study from sunup to sundown. But when we run our mouth and we run down others, we make Christianity worthless. There's a quote that says, be careful how you live. You may be the only Bible some person ever reads. Our public teaching and our private words must be used to heal rather than harm, to speak rather than lie. What we say out in the public must be in line with the truth we say we believe. We see every day how hate speech from public figures leaves destruction in its wake. We see how verbal abuse can damage someone from, for their entire lives. We know that a hurtful word can sing in our ears 
for years to come. I know the saying says, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words would never hurt me. That is an absolute lie. We all can recount times in our lives when we've been hurt by what someone has said. And we all have hurt other people with our own words. Proverbs 17 and 28 says, even fools are thought to be wise when they keep silent. When they keep their mouth shut, they seem intelligent. There's been far too much slander, far too much gossip, far too much harshness and arrogance in our speech. And I'm primarily talking to myself. I call it knocking it, knocking them off their high horse. I'm guilty of gossiping. I'm guilty of tearing people down. I'm guilty of judging. We need to be aware of the words we use on social media. The words we use towards our kids, our spouse, our friends, and strangers. It's a tall order and one I've failed to follow many times in the past. When your expiration date comes, when your time on this earth is over, and when you have to stand before God, you will have to give an account for every idle word you have said. By your words, you will be either justified or condemned. I exhort you to weigh Church of Tampa Bay. Watch your words, because idle words will be accounted for. Most words will reveal what's in your heart. And all words will be judged on the final day. Our speech is one of the primary ways we demonstrate. When, I'm sorry, our speech is one of the primary ways we demonstrate what it means to be a child of God. I'm finished, y'all. Stand to your feet. What you say matters. What you, what you say matters. We have to unlearn what we've learned. You can't just say what you want, despite what may be happening in your lives. Because when you stand before God, you will have to give an account for every foolish, careless, and pointless word you've said. You will be justified or you will be condemned. What you say matters. Let us go to God in prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father. Lord, I thank you for your presence on this morning. Lord, I ask that the word that went forth this morning may take root in the hearts of your people. Lord, help us to watch what we say. Lord, help us to safeguard our mouths. Lord, help us to not say anything that's displeasing to you. Help us to safeguard our minds, God, our hearts, our spirits. Lord, forgive us on this morning for anything we've said, did, or thought that were wrong in your eyes. Lord, I ask that you continue to be with us and be the example for our families. Lord, help us to put on a full armor of God so that we can withstand the attacks and schemes of the enemy. That despite if we're angry, that if we're mad, that if we are feeling sad, that we'll still watch what we say. 
truth is we've been damaging more people than we could ever know we've been carrying around a deadly weapon without even knowing it and we've been given the excuse that this is just how I am Lord calls us to return back to your word so that we can really see what we should be help us to look into the mirror of your word and have a good litmus test let us not harden our hearts with truth touch your people on this morning I ask God and it's in your son Jesus name we pray amen you may have your seats I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign and whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason he wants us to respond my prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.